Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. We are here to conclude the mock draft that uh, you listened to on Wednesday and Thursday. And if you didn't listen to it on Wednesday and Thursday, you probably need to go back and listen to those shows before you get to this one because uh, there has been, what, 21 picks made? And we're going to get to uh, 22 through 32 today. Uh, and so if you want to know who is and is not available, you've got some catching up to do. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to move on and get this thing in. Kyle, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Bless them. We made it to the weekend. Yes. Bless them. We're going to bless 11 teams with some picks today on the mock draft, Joe. Uh, any formalities we need to get into? Or are we going to dive right into this bad boy? <sighs> man, formalities? Mm, I don't have anything, man. Okay, so I'm starting with 22. I got a- evens today. You got odds. Okay, we'll see if I can screw that up or not. Let's, you, know, you, may, you, you would know if you made the pick for the team, so I feel like feel pretty confident in where we're at right now. All right. Washington, on the clock, 22nd overall pick. Joe, this injured reserve team is extensive. Kawanjo, Rob Kelly, Brandon Scherf, rookie Troy Apke, uh, Sean Lavo, Darius Geis, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. That's not even all the names. They're just the ones that pop to me. This poor team has 14 players on IR. But even if you bring back Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, wide receivers. The other receivers on this team, Brian Quick, Michael Floyd, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder. Aside of Jamison Crowder, what is the common theme here? They're all underachievers. So why don't we get somebody with a little bit more upside? I'm talking about Nikhil Harry. They've got size. Paul Rich, Josh Doxson, they got size, they got leaping ability. Nikhil has that, but he's thicker he's got some more run after the catch ability and potential so i really like Nikhil's addition to this redskins wide receiver group because he brings a power element that they simply don't have right now they got long guys they got size guys but not physical guys i really like harry and that extra element in this redskins receiver group yeah i think the one of the themes that you'll see over our mock drafts for the foreseeable future is Receivers to the Redskins. Uh, that's that's just one of the big glaring needs uh, across the NFL at any position group. Uh, Kyle, I am up 23. Cincinnati Bengals, my Bengals, who day? Oh, no, oh, did I mess it up? It's who dat? It's who dat? I no, don't know. Who, da, who dat's the, um, the, the Saints? <laughs> who, who dat say they going to beat them Saints? That's how yeah, I remember it. Every time I, I question you it. You the jingle. Yeah, what, it's day is Bengals, right? Bay Dangles? Yeah, who day? Uh, who day? Who day Bengals? Who day. Okay, all right, so they're on the clock. 
Uh, and man, I think I've been trying to fix the linebacking core for the Bengals through my mock drafts for the last five years, and I'm going to continue to do it until I think they have the right trio. They signed Preston Brown to that one-year deal, and he's a replacement level player. You saw you know, he had a per- very productive career with the Bills, and then he just there wasn't a lot of interest to bring him back, and then he signed like a one-year, $1 million deal with the Bengals after leading the the NFL in, in tackles. And so I don't know that there's going to be a big you know desire to, to bring him back into the fray. Vontez Perfect is just not reliable, and I think he's a player that doesn't he's necessarily deserve to play in the NFL. So there's no. that whole uh, thing. They, they drafted Malik Jefferson, who we've always known is going to take some time, but he's got some physical upside. But anyways, let me give them – Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, he's an exciting player. He's a guy that I can think you can put right there at that middle backer spot and get yourself that field general, a guy that can win on every down, get outside the tackles and make plays. He can win in coverage, play into the line of scrimmage with physicality. He's athletic and he's big. I mean, he's a dude on the second level. And so for a Bengals team that I think has been starving for speed and uh, consistency on the second level, I think uh, adding Devin White would go a long way in getting that solidified. Is there any better proof that the NFL simply just like does not give a shit about tackles? If Preston Brown can <laughs> lead the NFL in tackles and then garner a one-year, $1 million contract. Yeah. If anyone's followed me during Preston Brown's career in Buffalo, you know exactly what I thought. And it was – I don't wish non-success on any person in the world, but it was somewhat validating to see him not have the market – the you market would think, that you, you know, expect. based yeah. on, yeah, because I think he's been overrated for his entire career. And so well, it's and like, that's continued. I remember this past year, I tried to give the Browns and mock them a linebacker. I said, you know, Joe Schobert's a player that can afford to be upgraded. Mm. And Browns fans got pissed. They're like, dude, Joe Schobert led the NFL in tackles last year. Uh, it's not. It's like, okay, like, I don't care. Like, if you're looking for a certain set of skills, production matters at the, top, at the highest level. But if you're looking for a certain set of skills, you don't need necessarily need those to get tackles because if the rest of the guys around you can't tackle or they suck or you're making tackles eight yards down the field, who cares how many tackles you have? You know, that's one of the things with Darius Leonard this year. Um, he yeah. I, he leads the NFL in tackles. I'm not taking anything away from Darius Leonard because I think he's had a great, great season. But the reason he leads the NFL in tackles is because he's been targeted 46 times and given up 43 receptions. He's just tackling that guy. You know what I mean? So there's some, there's always context when it comes to tackles, and it's not necessarily a very good indicator of how good a player is. Speaking of tackles, the Houston Texans are on the clock. You see what I did there? Yeah. A little segue, just talking about a different kind of tackle. Yes. The Texans need offensive tackles. It's pretty clever, right? Yeah, beautifully done, sir. Uh, you're not buying it. That's all right. Houston know, Texans on the clock. I liked it. So here's the dilemma with the Texans. If I was going to pick three first-round offensive tackles, I would say Jonah Williams, I'd say David Edwards, and I'd say Yadin Kajust. Well, guess what? They're all gone. So what do the Texans do? I'm going to go with the best offensive lineman. Talking about Dalton Risner. He might play tackle. He might play guard. But either way, he's going to be an upgrade over the tackle and guard combinations on Houston of Julian Davenport and or Martinez Rankin, uh, Zach Fulton, and Kendall Lamb. He's better than all of those players. So for that reason, I can justify this pick and say, I'm just going to take the offensive alignment. I'm addressing the offensive line to protect Deshaun Watson, Texans, Dalton Risner, Kansas State. 
Yeah, good pick. I did that with the, the Vikings uh, end of Thursday show. Uh, Kyle, uh, 25th pick, and with the 25th pick in the draft, the Chicago Bears select Khalil Mack, edge rusher from the Raiders. Excellent pick. Really, really, really good pick here. Um, but uh, actually, the Oakland Raiders are on the clock because they don't have Khalil Mack, but they do have the 25th pick in the draft, and they have a lot of needs. And so far, this is their third first-round pick. They picked at number two and got Nick Bosa. They picked at number 10 and got Deontay Thompson, the safety from Alabama. It's now time to address the offensive side of the ball and look at this receiving core, man. Uh, they trade away Amari Cooper for a first round pick. <laughs> Seems what they do. They're giving away all their players, first round picks. Good for them for getting a one for him. Uh, and right now their starting receivers are Jordy Nelson, Dwayne Harris, Martavis Bryant, who's in a contract here. And we need to get some, some weapons here for Derek Carr or whomever is playing quarterback for the Raiders under John Gruden moving forward. And I think the best receiver in the class is still available. And that's Kelvin Harmon from North Carolina State, a guy that I think is a prototypical X receiver, a power forward type, really good at beating press coverage. Ball skills are there. His his play strength is a blue chip trait. And uh, you know, I think I think he'd he'd be a nice addition to to this offense to give them some young playmakers in the passing game, something that just doesn't exist right now as you look at this roster. So uh, continuing to address needs here for the Raiders, and they can go in a number of different ways, but I think this is one of those situations where we've got a player that's worth the pick that's at a position of need, and I think this would be a good good start to uh, John Gruden getting some weapons. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. By the way, Calvin Harmon is walking with the seniors on senior day, but he hasn't made his formal decision. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> which I say nonsense. We'll see you in the draft pool, Calvin. Good for you. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers at 26. Joe, this secondary is not good. Uh, Artie Burns, Joe Hayden, who's probably their best corner, but he's getting up there now. Joe's uh, yeah. Joe's a seasoned vet at this point. Mike Hilton, Cameron Sutton, Brian Allen, Cody Sensiball. Those are the corners in this secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about Byron Murphy from Washington? Pittsburgh likes athletes on the defensive side of the football. Murphy's an athlete. 
Pittsburgh likes longer corners. Murphy's listed at six foot. So I think if you take those two things into consideration, they check enough boxes in what we know Pittsburgh likes for defensive players, and then you add the needle on top of it, makes a ton of sense. I think Byron Murphy, who's one of the best corner prospects that nobody talks about because he plays over in Washington, right? Like, if you follow the draft, if you're somebody in our field, you know who Byron Murphy is. But if you're a casual college football fan, and we tell you Brian Murphy's a stud, you're going to say, who? He's not at that level yet, but he should be, and he's going to get there. So Steelers fans, pop on some Byron Murphy tape. I promise you, you're going to like what you see. Yeah, good player. Good player. I'm up here with the Los Angeles Chargers, number 27 overall. And uh, this is a team that I thought would do a lot more last offseason to to address their defensive tackle position. Uh, Chargers have a lot of strengths, but one of them is not their ability to remain stout at the line of scrimmage. And and so it's the same cast of characters mostly as last year. Uh, trying to uh, to maintain those run fits and, and get into the backfield a little bit. I know they wanted to get Taven Bryan actually last year in the first round, but Derwin James was right there for the taking and couldn't pass up on him. Uh, I got an opportunity for them here to address the defensive tackle situation with Gerald Willis, the defensive tackle from Miami, who's just had an outstanding season so far, a guy that was a highly regarded recruit, had some troubles, uh, wound up transferring from Florida to Miami, and he's putting it all together right now. His coaches, uh, both Mark Richt and Manny Diaz, are talking him up very highly about you know his football character and the way he's going about his business and the way he's playing on the field is that of a first-round caliber player. He's getting into the backfield. He's beating blocks, pass rush, run defense. He's doing it all. And so uh, I think that he could come in here and really help anchor this interior defensive line for the Chargers. Right now, Brandon Babane is one of their starters. He's a free agent and a guy who I think is a you know replacement-level player. Darius Phylon, Corey Legit's really kind of tapered off here a lot. Damian Square, another guy that fits into the rotation is in a contract year so there's going to be an infusion here in this defensive tackle spot and I think Gerald Willis would be a fun fun investment for them and really give them that, that penetration style player that they need on that defense yeah Joe I have the Carolina Panthers at 28 and we're going to stay on the defensive line notice I said defensive line because when I say the name Rayshon Gary that could include defensive tackle could include defensive end but I think if you look at Carolina's defensive line, their starters listed as Wes Horton, Don Terry Poe, Kwan Short, Mario Addison. Player like Rayshon Gary, I think, can get reps on inside and outside opportunities. I think that's where you'll make the best of him. If you're looking for a base end, put Rayshon Gary on the strong side and let him anchor the line of scrimmage. You're looking for some penetration. You can put him off the backside and rush him clean. He's got a good first step. You can put him inside and diminish his angles and ask him to win with first step and, and get you know, one of these heavier guys off the field. You want to go with an NASCAR package and, and kind of confuse teams. And I remember listening to Ron Rivera at the Combine uh, last year talking about he values pass rush. He doesn't care if the pass rush comes from the inside or if it comes from the outside. And with that in mind thinking about what Rayshon Gary can be with his versatility and potential. It's a fit I really like. So we're going to fortify this defensive line that needs additional pass rushers. They're banking on Julius Peppers, who was drafted in 2002. Hall <laughs> of a, Famer, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's 2002. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Hoo-wee. You know, their backups, Vernon Butler, 
has not taken the next step that we would have hoped he was as a former first round pick in 2016. Uh, Kyle Love, I believe that's was that a um, he's on like his fourth team now. He's in New England, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Jacksonville again, Kansas City again, Carolina. So he's bounced around a little bit, but he's no spring chicken either. He's 31 years old. So uh, at the very least, the death ratio on Gary can bring you at first before your personnel sorts itself out in a couple years. Uh, would be a good addition for this Panthers team that needs to continue to get pressure on opposing passers. Like it a lot. Uh, Panthers have been doing a great job of building a versatile roster. I think they continue that with Gary. And uh, they had a player, Charles Johnson, who I think maybe there's some parallels to how he was used in Ron Rivera's defense that I think Gary could also find some success. Uh, Kyle, I have the New England Patriots, number 29. You know, they have a thing lately for picking uh, Georgia Bulldogs in the first round with Sony Michelle and, uh, and Isaiah Wynn last year. Uh, and so we're going to continue that this year with DeAndre Baker, their cornerback. Uh, I think that's a position of need here for the Patriots right now. Uh, in free agent and uh, contract years, we have Eric Rowe, Jason McCourty, and Jonathan Jones. And so they need another guy here to fic- fic- factor into this defense opposite of Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and, and so I think DeAndre Baker would be a really good number two corner for them and, and a guy that I think can win in a variety of techniques. But, you know, maybe he doesn't have the prototypical size or, or the prototypical speed, but he's just kind of a gamer, a guy that really knows how to remain in phase. He's super competitive at the catch point. He has ball skills and he just he just does such a nice job of staying within the frame and competing. And that's what I love from corners. And I love to see that. And I think you get that from Baker. He's just hard to complete passes on. And he's been doing it for two seasons now at Georgia. And I can see him factoring into this uh, this New England Patriots defense that does a lot of different things. And he can fit in and, and use him as, uh, you know, take away certain matchups and, and really be that, that complimentary number two to Stephon Gilmore. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Joe, I'm back on the clock with the Green Bay Packers again. And I'll be damned if I didn't have a hard time picking for them the first time. (laughs) Now I got to pick for them again. And there's more players off the board that I would have liked potentially to target, like a Rayshon Gary. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to check a lot of boxes that fit the mold of a Packer-style move. I know Ted Thompson's no longer going to be making decisions in the 2019 NFL Draft, and that's okay because I think I'm on to something here. The Packers' offensive line is pretty solid. They got Bakhtiari and Bulaga at offensive tackle. Corey Lindsley's playing like one of the best centers in football this year, and they've got okay guards in Justin McCray and Lane Taylor. But there's a guy that's local, a local guy, 
who's eligible for this year's draft. That would be a very Packers pick. He is a physical interior offensive lineman. Packers addressing the trenches here. Give me uh, give me Tyler Beatus from Wisconsin. And you put him, you can play him at guard so that you don't move Corey Lindsley. You let Taylor and McRae sort it out. Where, you know, if you want to commit to one of those guys, you can put Beatus at the other spot. He can play guard. He can play center. And that flexibility is going to protect you if you have any injuries along your offensive front you can slide and mix and match. And I think that flexibility, as we're really trying to make the most of an extent, extending an Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl window, you need to make sure you're able to keep him clean and keep him healthy. Quality offensive linemen will do that more often than not. All right, Kyle, I like that pick a lot. I've got the LA Rams here at pick number 31. And um Little little uh, issue here with this Rams team is how bad Marcus Peters is playing. That dude is getting cooked on a weekly basis. We saw him uh, give up that game, losing touchdown to Michael Thomas in the Saints game. Aqib Tlaib, 34 years old, he's been injured, hasn't even really got on the field. And both of those guys are free agents in after the 2019 season. And so they've got to start thinking about this secondary and getting it right. And you think about this roster and so many superstars and some guys that are to command a lot of big money, they're not going to be able to keep everyone. And so I'm not sure Peters or Tlaib is going to factor into the plans beyond 2019. And so we've got to start getting some corners in there that they can rely on. And I, there's a guy, there's a guy, Kyle, that I've been pining for all season. And I'm talking about my son, Bryce Hall, cornerback from Virginia, getting him here, sneaking him in here to the end of the first round to the LA Rams. Uh, really have just enjoyed watching Bryce Hall this year, um, leading the the ACC in pass breakups. I think he's got like 16 already this year, a couple interceptions. He's a former wide receiver who's only played corner since 2016, and he is playing shutdown football this year, uh, doing a really good job uh, using his length at the catch point. He's got great ball skills. That receiver background really plays into that. Remaining in phase, even when he gives up catches, man, he's right there. He's competing so well. He's an ultra-competitive guy. Love the energy and motor he plays with. Uh, you know, want to see him get a little bit more consistent, uh, mirroring some of the underneath stuff and staying connected on quick game. But my goodness, I think there's a high ceiling with him. He's got length, size, athletic ability, checks all the boxes, profiles as that potential number one corner in the NFL. And that's something that the Rams are going to need to to identify and build for the future. I think Bryce Hall would make a lot of sense and be a fun pick here for the Rams at 31. All right, so I have the Kansas City Chiefs currently slotted at 32, and I've been holding my breath this whole time as you're taking a corner. Because if there's one thing the Kansas City Chiefs team needs, <laughs> it's corners. Yes. This team offensively will run you ragged. But they're going to give you a puncher's chance because you're going to score some points against this defense. Starting corner, Steven Nelson, Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller's a good player. Steven Nelson mm, could probably afford an upgrade. So when you look at the available corners that are on the board, there's a couple guys from the Big Ten that got consideration for me. I ultimately went with Lavert Hill from Michigan. And the reason why is because, if anything, this Kansas City team shows you that this team doesn't necessarily value length to the same degree that other teams do. Kendall Fuller's 5'11". Orlando Skandrick's one of the backups. He's 5'10". Steven Nelson is 5'11". 
Traymond Smith is six foot on the dot, but he's only 185. So they don't have these big, long, tall corners that so many other teams do. And Lavert Hill is not a big guy. He's listed 5'11", 180, but he's got great ball skills. He's got great turn and run ability. And I think that projects very favorably into this Kansas City type offense or defense where they're they're willing to take their lumps with size. And Lavert Hill, I think if you're able to get comfortable with his size, his turn and run resume is as good as any that's out there. So I went with Lavert Hill. And Joe, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and bring us home for this three-day mock draft here on Draft Dudes. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed your team's picks. If you did not, you can let us know on Twitter. We're on the Twitter all the time. I'm at grinding the tape. Joe is at the Joe Marino. Make sure you also bounce over Locked On NFL Draft. Catch up with what we've been doing. Uh, we did college football playoff discussion today uh, with the guys. We get together with John and Trevor every single Friday to celebrate our coexistence as the Draft Network as their analysts. And we're doing great stuff over at the site. Make sure you bounce over and check that out as well. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We hope you enjoyed the mock draft. We'll catch up with you all on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.